Hey guys, welcome back to the Growing Christ Podcast. I am your host, Shadora Foy, and today we are on chapter 23, and I encourage you all to grab your Bibles, your pencils, your pens, and your journals, and all that fun, crafty stuff, and let's dive in with verse 1. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite, verse 2, sorry. And then in verse 3, it says, Do not desire his delicacy, for they are deceptive food. Verse 4 says, Do not overwork to be rich, because of your own understanding, cease. So verse 4 is talking about our trust in God. And we're not supposed to work our butt-offs to get money and to be wealthy, because guess what? By the time you do that, you're going to struggle and work hard for your money, and then you're going to have some. Yes, you will. But will you actually enjoy it? You know, and you have to trust in God and trust that God is going to allow you to have wealth, not just be rich, but have wealth and have things beyond your means. And then verse five says, will you set your eyes on that which is not for riches certainly makes themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Verse 6 says, Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. Verse 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Verse 8 says, The morsel you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. So we have to be walking with discernment with who we break bread with. And verse 9 says, Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Verse 10 says, Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty. He will plead their cause against you. Verse 12 says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. So first we have to apply our hearts to instruction, meaning to have a heart that desires instruction. So our ears to the words and apply our ears to the words of knowledge. So we truly, that is something that we have to do. We have to make instruction something that we desire of our heart and to apply our ears to the words of knowledge. And then in verse 13, it says, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. So verse 13 is talking to, you know, if you're kind of scared or like, you know, if you're like, oh, man, I don't want to I don't want to whoop my child or I don't want to punish my child. I think I don't want to harm them or them to be set in their emotions. It clearly says. You know, and it's almost kind of funny. It says, if you beat them with a rod, he will not die. Meaning, like, it's it's okay to correct your child. Like, there's no excuse for you not correcting your child. And then verse 14 says, you shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. So, I always like to think with God that some things, you know, that hit us hard. Whether it be, like, um, deaths and different things or certain disasters in the world or kids starving in Africa or just different things like that or hunger in the world and natural disasters. And then I've heard people say, I can't serve a God who allows this and who allows that. Sometimes God is like, if I have to harm your flesh, if I have to give you a blow that hurts 
and something that stripes your heart and that hurts your emotions. I'd rather do that than allow your soul to rot in hell. It's like, which one do we want? God can make manna rain from heaven over all the children in Africa. He could stop every disaster. Life could be just like heaven. There could be no disasters. There could be no sorrow, no pain. Yet, when we die, our souls would go to hell because we'd never we'd never experience that hunger to call upon the Lord. We'd never experience that sorrow of losing a loved one to call upon God for comfort. We'd never experience that natural disaster that makes us fear for our lives to where we have nothing to call upon but the name of the Lord because the Lord is the only one that can stop a tornado or a hurricane. No, your family can't stop that hurricane. Your family that you have given time to more than God, your phone cannot stop that hurricane your phone that you have given time to more than god um different things can't stop that the things that you have put your faith in that you have made your god those things for it says deliverance is of the lord only the lord can deliver so god puts us in those positions to where all we can do is call on god because god's like if i have to hurt your flesh if i have to hurt your pride if i have to hurt your emotions i'd rather do that then allow you to die in rotten hell. And that is something that makes me look at God and makes God such a inspiration because God doesn't, even though the God who can stop those hurricanes, you don't think he wants to? You don't think the God who could speak and stop those hurricanes and stop those tornadoes and feed every last one of those children and have allow them to have more than enough you don't think that he wants to do those things but he knows that he has to step back because guess what if he feeds them if he stops that hurricane those souls will go to hell those souls will never call upon god those souls will never be brought to that humility to fear the lord so they will just have they will just go to hell and you, you sure you'll save their flesh sure you'll save them from hunger you'll save them from their emotions but save them to go to hell save their feelings to go to hell like that's not something that you as an authoritarian or you as a child just recognizing what your parents want to do and just also recognizing what god wants to do god doesn't want to do that god doesn't want to save you for eternal hell you know that's just not something that he desires to do and then in verse 15 it says my son if your heart is wise my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, verse 16 says, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips, when your lips speak right things. Sorry. Verse 17 says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but in the fear of the Lord, continue all day long, meaning continue to do right, continue to live for the Lord. Do not envy sinners because you know a day will come where they will be punished and you don't want to be there when they get punished. You know, you don't want to be in the midst of that. You don't want to have that on your life. And then in verse 18, it says, for surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off, meaning that there is a future. Surely all this good deed is not in vain. 
All the good things that you do is not in vain. You inclining your ear to wisdom is not in vain. You keeping your foot from the path of wickedness, from the things that seem right, from the way that is right to a man. You keeping yourself for those from those things, that is surely not in vain. And your hope will not be cut off. What you're hoping for, when you're hoping to store up your wealth, when you're hoping for that wealth, those things of God, because you have been humble in chapter 22. They were talking about that by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And that's verse 4 of chapter 22. When you're reading that, your hope of those riches, um, your hope of that life, your hope of that honor will not be cut off. You will have those things. And then in verse 19, it says, Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Verse 20 says, Do not mix with wine bibbers, or with gluttonous eaters of meat. Verse 21 says, For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe the man with rags. Verse 22 says, Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Verse 23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Verse 24 says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Verse 25 says, Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you, bore you rejoice. Verse 26, My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. Verse 27 says, For a harlot is a deep pit, and a seductress is a narrow well. Verse 28, She also lies in wait as for a victim, and increase the unfaithful among men. Verse 29 says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Verse 30 says, Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. So this is saying that when you do when you choose to indulge in drugs or wine, you have to think, do you want those things from verse 29? Do you want woe? Do you want sorrow? Do you want contention? Do you want complaints? Do you want wounds without cause? Do you want redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, that's what they have. They have woe. They have sorrow. So some people are like, well, why is wine so bad? You should tell them to read Proverbs 24 verses 29 and 30. And why are drugs so bad? Read Proverbs 24 Verses 29 and 30, you should allow them and tell them to read those things and they'll understand. And if you want those, if you want woe, if you want sorrow, if you want contention, if you want complaints, if you want wounds without a cause, if you want redness of eyes, then go right ahead. But if that's not what you're seeking, if that's not what you're desiring, if that's not something that you want, then you should walk right past it and ignore it. And then in verse 31, it says, Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. See, that's all wine all dressed up. That's the alcohol all dressed up when it looks all good and it looks appetizing and it looks all nice. And then 32 says, 
At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Verse 33 says, your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Verse 34 says, yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like one who lies at the top of the mast saying, verse 35, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? And that's what people do. They they get confused and they their eyes see strange things. And then they ask those questions when they're drunkards. They say, when shall I awake that I may seek another drink? After all of that, they just say, when shall I awake that I may seek another drink? So you have to make sure that you don't want that to be your life and even at this young age that you're not allowing that to even be appetizing to you like in verse 31 when it says do not look on the wine when it is red when it sparkles in the cup when it swirls around smoothly don't look at it when it does that no see see in verse 32 when it says at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper see that part when you look at it, don't don't see it swirling around smoothly. Don't see it smart sparkling. See it in that aspect. And that is the end of Proverbs chapter 23. And I pray that we are all blessed by this and that we are all learning to how to walk in the wisdom that God wants us to walk in. And as always, just connecting our faith with his promises and just walking and showing God that we have faith in his promises is such a blessing because God desires to bless us and he desires to keep us from the way and the path of destruction. So yes, I'm going to leave you all with that and I pray that you are all blessed and just seeing the manifestation of a living God. And um, goodbye. <laughs>